At the end of your life, what will be your legacy? What will you leave behind for future generations? For the world, join the world messenger, Isabella Lundberg, each week as she brings you a new distinguished guest from the business, sports, or entertainment world to share their success, their struggles, and their lessons. They will share their insights into current hot topics that affect everyone. Isabella facilitates an intimate, vulnerable environment to find the true value of humanity and real leadership. Are you ready for your legacy? The legacy that matters? Hello, hello, my beautiful friends. It's Isabella Lundberg here at The World Messenger, and I have a very special guest here on the Legacy Leader podcast. Um, I have here with me the Roberto Clemente Jr. Uh, legendary name you probably recognize and that as they say, apple doesn't fall far away from tree. And we'll learn what Roberto Jr. is doing these days and why he has a, such a powerful message to share to all of you. Roberto, welcome. Thank you, Isabella. Great to be here with you. Absolutely. Thank you for finding time in your busy schedule. Could you kindly share to our audience a little bit about your background and how you are associated with uh, legendary Roberto Clemente, a major league baseball player, and what that also transcended in your personal life and successes that you were able to establish uh, thus far? Well, you know, uh, thank you for the opportunity uh, to be here and express uh, my views. And uh, obviously, the, the name Roberto Clemente means a lot to a lot of the baseball fans around the world. Um, just to inform and, and educate uh, your viewers, uh, your listeners as well, that uh, the name really uh, is connected to goodwill, uh, not only on the baseball field, but the way he lived his life. Uh, he used the game of baseball to, as a platform uh, to be heard for the minority people, for the working class. And uh, he has a quote, which I'm very proud of, and uh, is, since the first day that I walked onto a major league baseball field, I was not only representing my Puerto Rican people or the black men, I was I was representing the working class and the minority and the injustice of our people. And uh, he took that to heart. And he was able to become the first Latin American superstar to be able to voice his opinion against racism, against any type of injustice uh, that he would see. Uh, and he was outspoken about it. And, and uh, that, that uh, really polarized and galvanized uh, our people uh, when he had the opportunity to show the world what type of baseball player he was in 1971 and in live broadcast television. Uh, he said, before I say anything in English, I need to say something in Spanish to my people of Puerto Rico and my father and, and mother. And that's what he did. He proceeded to speak in Spanish in live broadcast and people from all over the world that spoke Spanish stopped and said, what? is this guy doing for the first time they had one of theirs right there on top of a, the mountain talking to them directly and and from that point on um people knew who he was and and uh, who he represented and today uh, is very valuable uh of, of a lesson who we are as, of, as human beings wow that is amazing upbringing and great story and great start of the legendary actions and then when you mentioned it happened in the 71 how interesting how many years later we see relevance and importance to reflect on right 
Uh, so do you mind sharing? I mean, you did some amazing work. I know it's been very hard growing up without a father and specific gorgeous role model. And unfortunately, the way he lost his uh, life by trying to help and support others and delivering humanitarian efforts uh, to Nicaragua, I believe, right? Uh, and, 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 and then uh, how much um, your life changed and how much he influenced who you are today and what you became today. Do you mind sharing a little bit about that story as well? Well, uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, he uh, always said present when there was a time of need. And uh, he just had come back from Nicaragua from a uh, tournament. Uh, it was a goodwill tournament in Nicaragua. And, you know, he befriended so many people there. So, and then uh, it was December 24th uh, where uh, the earthquake hit uh, Managua uh, and 100,000 people immediately uh, were displaced, dead. Uh, the whole capital was gone and, and he had sent some aid to Nicaragua uh, and he was getting feedback and, and, and that no one, nothing was getting to, to the people he was sending it to. So he decided to, uh, New Year's Eve, decided to fly out. And um, unfortunately, um, there was a lot of complications that day, but uh, the plane was overloaded. Uh, everyone was off. It was, it was a holiday in Puerto Rico, but it didn't matter to him. He needed to get to the people that needed the aid and, and decided to break through the militia line that was taking over uh, at the airport. And, uh, you know, the plan went down a mile and a half after takeoff. And, and as wow. I, I say that day that uh, baseball lost a hero, uh, society, lost, society lost a great activist, but that day a, a legend was born. Um, he, he really became, uh, you know, a true hero for, for living his life and dying the way he did. And today we, we still celebrate him after all these years and, and uh, people still have so many stories how he touched them. Um, even without meeting them, it's amazing how you can really transcend a sport uh, just because of a touch of humanity that you have uh, for others. And, and it's something I believe uh, it should resonate for a lot of us today and how we should be acting and how we should be treating each other and be able to take, take care of each other. That is so beautiful and an amazing uh, thread of so many values there, uh, as, as you shared. Um, Roberto, what I'm also seeing is uh, obviously you had a big shoes to fill and things you've been continuously doing to help your mother, to help your siblings, but also as a, as a, to carry your father's legacy and and then also build your own and and you did so many amazing things that's far to this pivotal moment where we're finding ourselves and our paths cross multiple times and i'm so glad we have again opportunity to depict um the history and a rep repetition of some historic events and the knowledge and wisdom that we also can craft uh something absolutely beautiful in months and years to come. So if you don't mind just touching on how his legacy also helped you to carve your legacy and, and, and everything you've been working on to this point and, and then how you now pivoting and leverage that with the movement that we're seeing that is absolutely necessary where we're at right now in the United States and other parts of the world. You know, I, uh, Isabella, I truly believe that 
we are a product of our home environment, um, our, our beliefs as our ancestors and, and how tightly uh, as a family we can protect who we are as a, as a unit. Uh, the last name that you carry is actually a, a legacy you're leaving behind. I am so grateful uh, today, uh, growing up, not, not as much, uh, of having a last name that can open doors because of the legacy that my father uh, left us. Mm. I am very fortunate that I have a parent that people looked up to. Uh, I mean, the stories are endless when you talk about like a Michael Jordan and, and a Wayne Gretzky and I mean, Muhammad Ali, that the respect they have for my father is amazing. Uh, President Obama, I mean, you go down the list of people that he touched, um, is, is, is truly a um, overwhelming feeling when just people are telling you in your face that them growing up wanted to be him. Uh, so for me, it, it, growing up, it was very, very tough to fill those shoes. I, I missed him dearly because I was seven years old when I lost him. Um, so I grew up in a one parent home uh, with a lot of questions that I had and, and um, many times trying to figure out um, who could understand my situation, um, who could relate to what I was going through. Um, and unfortunately for me, I understood the power and I guess the, the, the meaning of my last name for a lot of people. Um, so being able to find that person that I could talk to took me a while, but uh, while I do so, um, we as people, we grow every day. Life doesn't stop. We have to grow. And even with a big loss and a lot of traumas that I, I suffered as a, as a child, his guide, his way of, of, of living, his lane <clears throat> as a human being, um, even though I personally was going through a lot of turmoil, uh, a lot of, you know, growing pains, if you will, that lane uh, actually surprisingly just kept me in one spot, in which is actually uh, our culture as a as a as a as a family, which is actually of helping, of 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 being able to be of help and helping others. And that is the one thing for me that uh, kept me alive all my life was actually that feeling. Of, 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 of just being able to give and, and be able to see that you're helping um, is the greatest feeling in the world. Uh, I'm not a good receiver, and that's something that I, I know a lot of people tell me you, I need to start working on, and I am working on that and be able to receive, which, which is something, a, a, a gift that uh, you cannot uh, negate to another person because the way I feel giving, I cannot stop someone from feeling that great feeling of giving and and we all need to learn how to receive to be able to give that gift of giving um so right now uh, being able to uh 
make sure that I continue to grow uh, within those parameters of, of what a legacy my father ha has left me um, has brought me to this point today. Uh, and, and his values are just amazing how today his words- Timeless, right? Uh, it is, and it, they're timeless, correct. They are timeless and, and, and by living uh, with, with that type of attitude towards humanity um, is only going to make us better. And, and I'm just speaking about one parent. So for me to have one parent right there, to have a second one that after he's gone and 40 plus years after she actually did her own thing, I am more than, than blessed uh, to have both parents uh, who have carved out a, a, a great legacy in their own right in, in society and in this world. Uh, being uh, the son of Roberto Clemente, I mean, I've always been very proud, but uh, being the son of Vera Clemente, I have been more than blessed to have had her uh, as a mother and, and as an example uh, of how to be uh, as a human being. Um, I've never, people walked over my mother. I mean, I saw horrendous things and she never had one word, always a smile, always praying for people. Um, and, and, uh, her laughter, she, I mean, her laughter was contagious and, and she spread that laughter all over the world. And, and people today, uh, are, are in awe that she's gone uh, this is, uh, this last November, but, uh, we're celebrating her and, and, uh, God knows what he's doing because my mother was so, such a, a scary cat when it comes to um, uh, earthquakes and, and thunderstorms. She had many uh, life experiences as a child, and, um, family members with uh, lightnings and getting struck by lightning and so forth. And uh, so she was very scared of those things. But uh, right before when she passed, um, you know, this, this year uh, started with a bang with uh, obviously all the fires and everything, you know, with the climate change happening around the world. But then you have, uh, you know, 2020, what a year. We're not even halfway there. Um, yes. I yeah. remember there's a page turner. Um, you know, what I can say is this, God knows what he's doing. 2020, what does 2020 mean? 2020, when we talk about vision, is actually we now see very clearly where we have been as a as humanity, as society. In 2020, we're now seeing, everyone is seeing what's been happening for a long time. And now we can all see. Now we no can- No denying see. anymore. Now it's, now it's no, no more anymore hiding, right? In no, 2020, what a year. Now we can all see. Now we can all hear. So we see clearly as human beings as a nation, so now we can all see, now we can talk clearly, okay, with no veils and no walls. Now everything, everyone sees everything. Let's sit down and have that conversation. Yeah, it's a definitely year of transformation and year of letting go of old stuff that don't serve us and, and raising that consciousness of humanity and doing things better because we cannot anymore continue the way we did. 
And I love what you said, how those pivotal moments and foundation of you, who you are, early on of through humanity and human rights and activism brought you now to the pivotal moment that you're shaping in a current landscape for better. So do you mind sharing uh, what, what, what that looks like and, 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 and what, what are you currently doing with the audience that is eager to see how they can partake in and, and, and what, what is coming? What, what do you see also how we can rally up and have others out to be part of it? I can tell you, Isabella, that there are so many symptoms, okay? Everything that we see, uh, the police, uh, that's one symptom. I mean, from the systemic racism that has been going on all my lifetime. Um, so those symptoms, we need to figure out how to put out those fires. But obviously, we need to get shovels to dig in deep to where the root of the problem is. Absolutely. Um, so, but we can, we can start working, we can, we can start working both ways. We need to start working both ways, obviously being able to start um, just untying that, it's like a plate of spaghetti, you know where, you don't know where it's, it, it's, it, it ends and where it starts, right? So you need to figure out where it starts and we need to find that root and we need to dig and take it out from, I mean, the, just leaving nothing, leaving nothing, no cancer, nothing left. Um, it's gonna take some time. But uh, let's start with the biggest problem that, that sparked uh, this today, which is actually police. Mm -hmm. um, the unions have to really, uh, take conscience of what they're doing when they're protecting uh, their members for murder. That, that should draw a line right there. We do not need to have even have that conversation. That has to stop. They have to abolish those uh, clauses in the uh, collective bargaining agreement, be able to uh, take those elements out of there because, uh, and, and immediately uh, what I am uh, proposing is that if there is an officer that is a witness of another officer committing a crime, that officer has to be an officer and arrest that criminal because he becomes now a criminal immediately. And it's not about, you know, no, no, because if you don't, you now are part of that crime. No complacency anymore, no excuses, and no more being on the sidelines. We have to react. We have to act in a proper ways. Uh, obviously, not reaction to create a more conflict, but to find a solution and, and, and not to uh, accept the poor behavior. I, I, I absolutely agree. It is very simple. I mean, if you, as an officer, cross the line and become a criminal, like criminals, you should be arrested right then and there. That's number one. Number two, once you cross the line, you lose your pension because that is actually where they hit the most and they only care about their pension. If their pension is involved then, and their families will be affected by their actions or non-action and they will lose their pension by not doing the right thing, they will do the right thing because I'm telling you, that is what they're working for, okay? The security of having a pension when they retire and their families. And that pension should go into a program to help you know, the communities where they're, where they're being affected and the families that they actually affected if someone has gotten hurt or killed. 
It's unfortunate that Helvis has to be some financial or, or, or the, uh, similar types of gain or lack of a loss in order for people to do the right thing. You would think with the type of ownership and, and doing the right thing, no matter what, who is watching or not watching, and, and a higher quality of leadership and just the desire to do your job exceptionally well and the best you can should be enough of great motivator. But we were fortunately seeing when we tolerate, when we accept, when we get away with so many things, uh, how quickly morales, the, the quality of work, performance, everything gets snowballed and affected. And as a result, damage that is so hard to repair for 400 plus years, right? It, it, enough is enough. And, and uh, you know, you talk about Black Lives Matter and that's a movement that is, uh, you know, obviously the black male in America, the black race, period, um, has been suffering for too long. I am, I am Latino, I'm Puerto Rican. I consider myself a black man because that's who people see when I'm walking out of the street. Mm. I have been um, profiled. I, no, I have been beaten. I, I but I've been profiled. I, I, I know what it feels to be kissing the pavement. Okay, I know what it is to be spread eagle in the middle of the road. Mm. Um, with a shotgun from the police, uh, two of them, just because I was driving a nice car. Um, and obviously the first thing that they thought was that I'm a drug dealer. Um, wow. And because I had signed a contract, I was a professional baseball player. Um, they... Uh, not until they saw the name of my license was actually when they were kind of apologetic and they just took off. They didn't even say, oh, well, sorry, you know, and they just left. It was that, you know, and I'm going like, it's amazing to me that I've had police officers draw a gun on me. This has, this has happened several times. Um, I'm not armed. There's no reason to be going to your holster. Um, and that's their first, you know, their, their first reaction is to go straight to the weapon. Mm. And that has been going on for a very long time. It's not a, you know, people talking, oh, but no, no, no. I, I've been there. I, I know how it works. Um, and people need to know that, uh, you know, even myself, it, it should be, they should be ashamed that when you see a police officer coming behind you, you should not be nervous because you don't know what they're going to do to you if they pull you over, because I already know how they are. And that has to change. That has to change. Wow, that is unfortunate that you have to experience this, but thank you for sharing with the listeners and audience because it's also very relevant what's happening today. It's based on when, when that occurred, I'm assuming there was a, probably at least 20, 30 years ago, right? But I'm sure systematically you're seeing repetition that across the nation, not, not necessarily just in one particular state, and uh, some states have a more 
better program, better quality police officers, better quality people that are leading those programs, right? And as a result, we're seeing huge discrepancy, but just the fact how it's police and policing done and established an autonomy between the states, even cities, are definitely some um, more favorable treatments versus less favorable treatments, uh, depending upon, again, which ethnic group you might be belonging to. And, and that is definitely not what we're, what we're all stand for here in the United States. And, 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 and me coming from Europe with uh, this amazing energy, I'm coming finally to the world multi-pot country and environment that all of us are welcome and all of us are equal and all of us have equal opportunity if we work hard and do our part that we can truly succeed in in, in this strong uh opportunity of of american dream and and then and then reality starts shifting even though i'm caucasian and i'm woman i had some interesting events occurring to me as well and and it's such an interesting a dynamic that I feel uh, not anymore to be tolerated, but it's also there needs to be talk about it and it needs to be fixed. It has to, it, and it has to change. Uh, I truly believe, um, even when the issue started uh, with Colin Kaepernick, and uh, obviously the flag was uh, brought into play and the military came into play. It's not what Colin was talking about. Colin was talking about exactly what we've been watching on the videos and, and putting a, a finger to point at that issue. Now, um, you know, people say, yeah, but uh, what about the people that went out to, you know, to go and protect our flag and our freedom? Um, I would like to know, um, these are the same people that the police are killing because not all whites go to protect our freedom all right and and we all are in the same unit we're in the same army as one one nation so let's stop let's yeah let's stop talking and putting that we go and protect our freedom yes but yeah all of us do we all are in the same boat now we need to start looking at and profiling every member of even our military uh, because we as 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 a as a as a as a member of society today need to take a look at the people that are throwing wood into the fire we need to start looking at our surroundings our neighbors look at what they're saying, look at what they're posting. Because if someone is posting something that you believe is racist, you need to take a look at it, take a screenshot and send it to their employer. Because this systemic racism has to be accountability for every corporation in America. And we need to understand that everyone has to step up to the plate and do their own thing. We need to make sure that we hold these people accountable. I had a, I'll give, ironically, today, um, there was a situation where a FedEx worker, a driver, had stopped a vehicle uh, illegally in a, nobody could, could even go, go by. So, 
there were a few cars behind us and they were honking the horn and he goes into his truck and you know he looks back <clears throat> and he sees me and my wife my wife and I and uh, <clears throat> he decided to come out with a finger and come out blurred the words F you now I was in shock and I'm trying to think where where did that come from now kind of funny in a minute or two something changed in my head I said where did that really come from was that because someone honked the horn or was it because he saw that my wife was white and I'm a black man because this is what's happening today everyone now is is really learning out what they're thinking and we need to figure out uh, what leader is really going to take a handle on how to really make sure that there is accountability from this point on because we need leadership that it understands that have been through the pain absolutely and, and are empathetic to to what's going on because uh right now I don't, i'm not seeing that happening because it was not much of that before or was not as easily to be depicted uh, because now we have me social media an opportunity to uh really show that in in in, in different lights and uh as you said now more and more and it's easier also to be bullied it's easy to do polarization or to be a troll because you're behind something virtually but people also don't realize i'm being shocked i'm being very involved and active on LinkedIn. how many people not on my posts but a post to my colleagues and friends would uh exercise the worst possible behavior that i cannot imagine the people that are mature or should be mature in their 40s or 50s to say publicly and all of that is actually public record forever and 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 this is to to attack and without really fully understanding either problem or or being at least suffering even if it's a different point of view it's a different way to dialogue it's a different way to comment it's a different way to bring your point but just to be flat out uh racist dis, uh, disrespectful and outraged right and i mean i don't understand it i just like where is this coming from what what is happening right now well that is the problem and, and i believe uh the problem starts at home and uh children are born uh with not a a hair of of bigotry absolutely that is actually from home what i'm saying is if you are and i let's face it uh ever since this new administration has uh, taken uh, control um racism has been just blurted out um with no you know no consequences um so I, I truly believe that people are in a safe space to be able to speak the way they're speaking to act the way they're acting mm -hmm. and i believe it's a blessing <clears throat> because it, that has actually really let us see them uh, as who they are in 2020 and that's why i'm saying that everyone that has come out not to really 
come out and, and state their opinion. We all need to do that. But when you cross the line and you say something that really is labeling you as a bigot, then you must really pay that consequence because we're having a conversation, but if you are attacking, you're actually really worsening the scenario of what we're trying to accomplish here in society right now. Yeah, as you said, I love your analogy earlier, adding, adding the wood to the fire, and we need to find the ways to uh, find the right healthy dialogue and opportunities to solve something uh, and more division, more hatred, more uh, tearing humans uh, apart uh, and doing entitled uh, types of actions that we see every day, new videos, new attacks, new profiling um, of different ethnic groups uh, that are truly suffering. It is showing the magnitude why this is culmination and why we are actually, as you said, in a perfect timing to rebuild something that's going to be a much healthier foundation. So what do you think is the best path forward and based on uh, influence and affluence that you have that, um, that you already seen things shifting in that right direction? You know, <clears throat> I truly believe that uh, uh, there is a uh, corporate America um, corporate America, we need to figure out how to fund our education system. Um, being able to have a um, polls and, and, and just, and, and being able to have all these uh, new opportunities for these young people coming out of school to have a place to go and grow, have internship programs that go across the, the, the board and everything for the minority groups that don't have those opportunities right now. Um, we need to open up uh, technology, but the education piece is, is, is huge to be able to move us forward. And we need to figure out how to mix um, those. Um, if you look at the school districts, we are almost segregated today. I mean, take a look at what's happening. All the funding obviously is coming from all the affluent neighborhoods going for top dollars, schools that are rated in the country because they're getting all those tax dollars. We need to level the playing field. How are we gonna do that? We need to figure that out. Instead of putting that much money into military and the uh, police, we can actually make a big difference. If you take a little here, a little there, and put it into those programs for those kids to be able to get their, their laptops, to be able to take, take, to, take home, I mean, they don't have those opportunities that all these other districts have. We need to get them a, a level playing field and be able to have, have uh, the ability to compete uh, into our workforce and given those tools to succeed. We don't are, are not giving these kids the tools to succeed. And right now, there is no motivation to do so. So today, we need to have that conversation because it has to start from there. I love what you said. Education has always been a good foundation. And one of the things, obviously, through education, we learn, uh, we adopt, but we also uh, change our mindset, our beliefs for better. When we don't know, when we fear, we've, we usually fear unknown. And that's where a lot of all these types of uh, issues start arising. And obviously, they're right now to the boiling point where we're at at the moment. 
I also compared and contrast uh, how much education and training actual police officer get. And, and it's so interesting growing up in Europe and seeing what top countries in Europe are doing versus what US is doing. And I had a really good discussion with someone who is former police officer. And he said, Isabella, but listen, we're living in a capitalistic society. Police, policing is not for profit. It's no money in there. That's why it's not invested to get what it's needed to be uh, today with the level of responsibility that these uh, people have on their shoulders. As a result, uh, we're having all these incidents and issues and not necessarily also we're getting the best talent to be in policing, not necessarily getting the best talent to be also in the military. And as a result, we're having snowballing effect with all of these stuff because we don't have enough um, not necessarily they don't have a training, but we don't have enough of type of training that builds up the character, the leadership, and undoes all this negative environmental doing that happens due to living in wrong neighborhood or, or having these conflicts and upbringing that you know that you cannot anymore exercise and practice in the real world from what you've been exposed to as a, as a young adult. And now we are all adults and we can choose better. I mean, if we always go based on, oh, this is how I'm raised, then we also need to start looking at it. I was like, yes, but is this really serving me? Do I truly believe this? And also, is this something I can truly continue carry on? Because we are the ones on the end of the day that have to change that. So that was the big, huge aha moment for me when I heard that contrast and uh, gaps are obviously huge and you spot on public versus private schooling, uh, quality of education, what we truly are learning, what we should be actually learning and, and what we're not seeing as a part of curricula. I remember uh, years ago when I came to United States, first thing I was shocked, Colorado, for example, all of a sudden we had over 100 countries represented in educational system with distinct languages and cultures and dialects and I was before I knew it cultural broker and diversity and inclusion specialist and expert before they even had one and then creating curriculum private university to educate service providers from healthcare to social services to education to legal and and health and mental health because they didn't know what to do it was like all of a sudden we're having people coming from all these different parts of the world but we truly do not know how to bridge and how to have this open dialogue conversation, how to serve them, how to help them out. And, and there was this huge gap that it's, it's just like all of a sudden, like we're as a society didn't know what to do. And as a result, cost us way more money, cost us way too many mistakes and cost us on so many levels. And, and I feel like as a society, we need to rise up uh, because uh, this is the reality. I, I agree, and exactly what you just said, if you turn that around to being able to invest, uh, number one, gentrification, you're pushing these people for, away from their own neighborhoods into a very hard wall into these projects, uh, like a can of sardines, how do you think they're going to react? How do you think they're going to, I mean, if you're getting them against the wall, they're going to fight back. Um, and, and, but you're not giving them the tools to be able to expand and be able to, okay, let's carve out all of these and be able to have some breathing room to be able to start growing. But if you can't put them into a can of sardines and close the, 
and the top. Close the lid. <laughs> close the lid. How do you, like, really? No, you can't do that. And that's what's happening. Um, so being able to, edu the education piece for the, for the police is huge because there's a great disparity in terms of the hours that they do in um, uh, the, the training for, for active, for, for being able to be attacking and, and all the physical stuff that you see in the shooting and, and, and fighting and combat. It's, it's actually, it's a combat uh, training that they're getting. And, and the de-escalation, the I mean, programs are, and it, it, they're voluntary, as I understand. It's not even, they don't have to take it. Uh, so it's, it's, it's really scary to understand that they're training uh, soldiers instead of uh, uh, members of our community to be able to serve our communities and not look at them as, as criminals uh, as a whole in general way because that's the, the way they're looking at everyone right now in those neighborhoods mostly. So yeah, I, I, we need to figure out how to, how to make them accountable for, for not doing the right thing when they're out there uh, and, and there's no time to, there's no reason why not to change that immediately because that will change their actions immediately. If they're hit with uh, the, the, the pension uh, on, on, on being, being a charge as uh, the criminal that uh, just broke the law, uh, those are, are places that uh, will make immediate change, no doubt. That's it. Excellent point again. And uh, with that change, um, I'm hoping, as you said, that this transformation in 2020 will lead us to much better 2021 and, and decades to come and the future generation. And, and, and I know that you are very much so having a strong foundation and pride in, in legacy of your parents and legacy that you already start building uh, with your life um, with so much support and so many things as a businessman, as a father, as a community member, as a leader, not only for Puerto, Puerto Ricans, but other Latinas and other um, uh, diverse friends, people in sports and professional in different industries. And I know that you also have uh, obviously big desire and drive in your bucket list uh, as your personal legacy. So do you mind sharing a little bit with the audience? What would you like to see your legacy to be uh, and be remembered by not, not only just being associated with your phenomenal parents, but your own individual legacy that is constantly growing, mushrooming, and uh, making tremendous impact? Well, I, I truly believe that um, um, God has a, has had a plan for me from the very beginning, and, and a relationship I've had with him, it was, uh, uh, I guess, it was a strained relationship for 40-plus years. Uh, after my father passed away, and um, I, I, I believe that my struggles throughout life uh, has created some uh, very deep wisdom uh, on 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 many things of life. Uh, being able to share um, my story, being able to now have now that I have a son who's turning two uh, in a few days. Um, to have given the gift of a, of a legacy, uh, and we all can do the same thing, but be, being able to inspire people to think of their own life as a path of a legacy to your, to your children, being able to write 
their future uh, with prayer and being able to to really connect their hearts to what's happening in society. And for me to be able to share my story, uh, my struggles and, and my victories and and actually, uh, you know, I'm doing that at my church and, and uh, I believe that I'm doing that for my own mental health because mm-hmm. we need to, um, the more we open up and speak about our turmoils and our pain and our sufferings, uh, as w- I, th- those are ways that are, are, are starting uh, our healing. It's the only way we can start healing. And, and that's what we need to do as society. And I hope that people can take um, that step of being mm-hmm. able to take a look at what your root issues have been and what you're carrying around and, and, and become a better person by being able to dig with those shovels within you first, mm-hmm. get to those roots and, and start that transformation within to be able to then affect everyone around you um, and hopefully do the same so we can become a better community, a better world. That is so beautiful. And, and I can say how much I can relate to that because all of our suffering and experiences both of us had in very contrasting world for me from former Yugoslavia surviving war, genocide, torture, war, trauma, obviously, uh, working with refugees in Sweden and then also here in the United States from all over the world, over 100 countries, rehabilitation or torture survivors uh, that also experienced human trafficking, rape victims, war, or trauma, you name it, and, and, and then now trying to establish in this country, and then now we're seeing these uh, issues that's just bubbled even more so. Um, it's, it's, it's a very important aspects to remember what, what hum, uh, humanity is all about, but also what humility is all about. How do we relate on human level and, and how to go back to the human touch that we kind of lost it or shuffled uh, of what's important, right? And I love what you said, sharing the stories is a part of healing process, but a lot of times we see people, oh, he's a successful businessman. He, he is a father, he's a family man, he is the son of such and such, but people never see the, the journey, what took you, how much blood, sweat, tears, pain and suffering to get there. And a lot of times people just share successes and they don't share the process, what happens in that sandwich in between of all of those nights and all of those long hours and all of those commitments to yourself to pick yourself up and when it's nobody there to really give you hands and, and just You're to know. invisible, you are invisible. And, and, and the, th- the thing is that people, when you become visible, that's when people notice you. But when you are there in the struggle, who's there for you? That's exactly what you're talking about. And, and, and this is a, a thread that we all have, that we all been there and we understand that same language. And that's why I believe that we're, we're in the right path here, uh, being able to put all the, our stories together, to be able to put our foot forward, to, to be um, uh, authentic uh, and, and not have any type of, you know, being a hypocrite is something that I, I truly detest. And we need to stop uh, being hypocrites and being hypocritical. If you don't like something, you should sit down and say, this is, I, I don't like this and this is why. 
mm-hmm. um, is the only way we can have that conversation. Because if you don't say why, I mean, you're hurting yourself, you're hurting your family, you're hurting society. Simple as that. So let's have the conversation. Let's, let's, and you'll be very pleasantly surprised of how the words can change your heart. That is so powerful. That is so beautiful. Do you have any other words of wisdom or any action items uh, or, or, or how audience uh, and listeners can engage? Um, wow, I, I can tell you, Isabella, I think that what you're doing, I believe having these moments of conversation is what we all need to do and be able to invite more and more. And if you hear someone that has a different type of perception or a different type of argument, please invite them and have a sit down to be able to understand. And the most important thing is listen. And bite your tongue, just listen until they're done. Just let them vomit, whatever it is that they have inside, let them free themselves of that because it's going to help them and it's going to help you understand them. Okay. And from that point on, you can now do, do the same. And now we can have a clear understanding of who we are. And there we can say, well, you know what, we'll go sleep on it. And while you're sleeping, all kinds of stuff is going to come for a beautiful unification of our relationship because you are now gonna be vested in understanding how to make that better. That is so powerful. That is amazing gift actually. And, and, And I agree with you, but everything starts with willingness to have a dialogue. You will be surprised how often people don't wanna communicate or how they will hide behind it or will tell you snippets here and there or just simply say, I don't wanna talk about it. Uh, and the reality is that is just a state word that shows immediately how they're hurting and how they're hurting others and you spot on by avoiding stuff, uh, by pretending they don't exist and not addressing elephant in the room. Uh, it's just going to, we're going to get suffocated. And, 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 and right now we need to help all of those hurting souls and help them to find the path forward and, and help them out to heal. And I know we can't disclose all the details, but I'm super excited about some amazing stuff you are doing and, and they're in works and opportunity to be part of the journey and be the witness and be contributor and being your cheerleader and supporter because I know how authentic and real and open-minded you are uh, for since first time we met. And, and it's just so beautiful to revisit and see the progress, but it's also to see people like yourself uh, so unselfishly willing and ready to continue to support and, and be there for others. So. Thank you. I feel like this is the year of service more than ever, year of true, genuine human connection, where a way of true, real emotional vulnerability, where we can really say, you know, I understand maybe this is how you feel, but this is why I feel the way I do. And, and not having this blame and manipulation and anger and destruction and uh, frankly, uh, hate and, 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 and all, the, all the incidents that we're seeing that could be prevented because when you, as you said, very suppressed explosion sooner or later happens and, 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 and everybody is now, you know, vulnerable uh, in, in, in a different ways. So changes, changes how we walk on the streets these days, changes who we run into, uh, how we say hello to, who we keep the eye contact with, changes 
uh, how we interact uh, around with people because everybody's wearing now masks for most part. So you really don't know uh, much about who is behind that. And, 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 and it is really scary times on many levels. But also one thing I feel like your body, your energy introduce you way before you say the word, the way you carry yourself. And, 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 and you can really depict very quickly who is coming from which direction. And, and, and it's so beautiful that we, despite all of these barriers, can still connect uh, on, on such a deep human level. No, absolutely. Amen to that. And, and we, we need to make sure that we don't forget that we are we are marching, uh, we're protesting on these um, streets of America. Under, and uh, that there's an undercurrent that we're not talking about, but it is part of this whole movement because enough is enough. And we have the opportunity now um, to once this starts changing, be able to bring up everyone else that has been um, left um, without a, a voice. And, and I'm talking about there's all the immigrants that have disappeared, that the cases have never been seen or heard of. Um, you know, there's a lot of Latinos that disappear every single day. There's four or five times more than, than, than uh, the African-Americans that have been, the black people that have been killed. But this is all part of the whole systemic um, uh, issue that thank God for uh, what's happening in, in, in social media and now they can't hide. You have everyone with a phone and, and being able to, to show the images of what's happening. Uh, people need to continue doing so and, and, and hopefully um, we'll never have to go through this again. Thank you. That is phenomenal uh, closing, and I really appreciate your time and efforts. And again, desire to make an impact, which you already do, but desire also to help others to uh, know that people like yourself exist and opportunities to uh, do work together and make a, make make a tremendous change. So thank you for all of your great efforts, and it was absolutely pleasure to have you today on the show. And your listeners and people that are watching this, uh, just so you know, this is just beginning. You guys are going to hear so many lives on LinkedIn and Facebook with this tremendous, phenomenal man and other uh, individuals that we'll be having uh, regularly because I wanted to just introduce you to somebody who is absolutely uh, making tremendous change and impact, and we're going to hear from him more again. Thank you, Isabella. God bless. Uh, I'm looking forward to, to working together on this.